Let's talk about being lost. What are you supposed to do if you find yourself lost? And we all know that men never do it. You're supposed to stop, right? You're supposed to stop and you're supposed to regain your bearings and find out where you're at. If you find yourself in that situation and you don't know where you're headed, uh, what can happen is, is you end up finding yourself uh, becoming more and more disoriented. You, you, panic starts to set in, right? Uh, and in some instances, you start making choices and decisions that make your situation a whole lot more dire than it was to begin with. In 1857, there were two climbers that uh, were attempting to summit uh, Mount Shasta here in Northern California. Uh, beautiful place, but as you can tell, uh, very snowy up there. And what they found themselves in was all of a sudden in the midst of a, a howling blizzard. Uh, their situation became pretty grim pretty quickly. And one of the climbers wrote this about that moment they found themselves in. After we had forced our way down the ridge and passed the group of hissing fumaroles, the storm became inconceivably violent. The thermometer fell 22 degrees in a few moments, uh, minutes and soon dropped below zero. The hell gave place to snow and darkness came on like night. The wind, rising to the highest pitch of violence, boomed and surged amidst the desolate crags. Lightning flashes in quick succession cut the gloomy skies. And the thunders, the most tremendously loud and appalling I ever heard, made an almost continuous roar, stroke following stroke in quick, passionate succession. And as though the mountain were being rent to its foundations, and the fires of the old volcano were breaking forth again. You can only imagine with such vivid language the intensity of this storm. And you would think in the midst of that storm, maybe this would be the end, but it was not. Because John Muir, a seasoned mountain climber himself, who was one of the two men, the reason it wasn't so dire was because he had taken note of the prominent features around him as they were making their summit. And as the storm set in, he knew which way to go. He, he, he'd fixed his eyes on that and they made themselves go to safety. And eventually they found themselves able to get off the mountain the next day. Now this morning we're going to talk about that it's easy to go through life and, and find ourselves losing our bearings. Wondering where are we? Uh, the craziness of life. And oftentimes whenever we find ourselves in that, that place of going, man, the storm is howling all around me, we get, begin to lose hope. But this morning what we're going to talk about is as Christians. We're able to focus on the one who is the source of our hope for today and tomorrow, and that's Jesus. So good morning. My name is Hunter Upton. I'm one of the pastors here at our South Haven campus of Gitwell Church. Glad you're here this morning, especially as cold as it is. Uh, if you're our guest, we are glad that you're here. Uh, glad that you have showed up. Uh, I hope that all of you have your bread and milk for your sandwiches later today. Um, but anyway... Uh, we're wrapping up a two-week series that we've been in as we've started this new year going, man, we need to have a relentless grip on hope. Uh, because oftentimes we've approached new years and we go, what is this you're going to hold? And you're not even sure. 
And so we want to go to the Bible and we want to come back to the source of our hope, and that is Jesus. And so last week we talked about that hope calls us to recharge. It gives us hope, those of us who are weary. Uh, We talked about that last week, and today we're going to talk about this idea of refocusing and making sure that our hope is in focus. If you didn't catch Pastor Jonathan's message last week, we'd love for you to go online. Uh, you may have some extra time this week, so you can go online to youtube.com slash goodwellchurchsouthhaven uh, and find the message there. But did y'all know that tomorrow we start the third week of this new year? I don't know where time is going. It's flying pretty fast. Um, but how's this new year starting out for you? Uh, I hope that it's good. And I think that some of you are, are still very, you know, you're, you're excited about it. it's a new year. It's 24. It's going to be so much better uh, than last year. Uh, maybe you're in the camp of I am cautiously optimistic. You know, you're kind of going into this new year with no expectations. You're just going to kind of take it as it comes, the good and the bad. Uh, And then you're like the rest of us. Maybe you're in this camp where you're going, I really hope that we're snowed in until next Monday at least so we can get some rest. You know, that's what it kind of feels like. But uh, no matter where you are in that, whatever camp you're in, as we enter this new year, the truth is this, is that life will continue to happen. Every single day, we're going to be faced with something new that we didn't before. And the longer that I, that I live, the more that I realize that no matter how best laid my plans are, how great my resolutions might be, we still live in a broken and fallen world. You know, life, we talk about this all the time, life comes at us full force and it brings its own difficulties and its trials that we find ourselves in. And, and oftentimes it can feel a lot like probably what John Muir and his companion felt on that mountain like we're getting hit from all sides. And sometimes it's because of a choice that we've made for ourselves. Uh, Sometimes it's from choices that other people have made that affect us. Um, But here's the thing is that as this storm rages around us, you start trudging along and it's so easy to find ourselves lost and disoriented as we're going through life. And here's the thing, you don't have to be going through storms in life to find yourselves lost as well. Uh, because it, a lot of times we, we start out on the climbing path of life and we, we've got it all mapped out. We understand kind of what we're going to do. All to find ourselves looking up and going, hold on, something's different. This isn't where I'm supposed to be. We think that we've made it down this path. And, and I like to call it ADD, but really I think it's more of just that as human nature is, we are prone to wander. We go, oh, this path that I was on, but, but this one looks a little more appealing. And it may not be that far off from from what was, but it's still off. And I don't know about you, but but whether life happens to you or you're just going through life, it's easy to look up and find ourselves lost and disoriented and just plain not sure where the heck we're headed. And when you find yourself there, it's easy for us to start to feel hopeless. It starts to set in on our lives. And, and it begin, you begin to ask this question like, what is life even about? Where am I headed? What am I doing? And I don't know if you have felt that way before. Maybe you're here this morning and, and that's how you actually feel. But here's the truth. We need hope to make it through this life. We need hope to make it through this life in this broken world. And I'm not talking about just any kind of hope. I'm talking about this life giving this true hope that we find only in Jesus. Friends, I'm a pastor and we walk with families who walk through unimaginable things all the time. And one thing that I have said multiple times since being a pastor is this, is I don't know how people make it through this life without Jesus. 
Y'all, life is hard. It's hard. And to carry around anxiousness and unhappiness and moroseness and hopelessness, it's unfathomable to think about what life even looks like for those who don't have this kind of hope. Those who are hopeless, I think that hopelessness begins to cloud us and we begin to make decisions, wrong decisions, and we find ourselves in situations that are all the more grim. And eventually what happens when hopelessness sets in is you, you find ways to numb yourself from those bitter cold winds that are howling around you. And, and friends, honestly, hopelessness is a scary thing in life. But for those of us who have surrendered our lives to Jesus, we have every reason to not be hopeless, but to be hopeful, full, full. See, unlike what culture portrays about Christians, we're not a morose people. <laughs> like we don't just sit and, you know, oh, this is bad. You know, we don't get to have fun. No, 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 no. Because of Jesus, we have a hope that isn't possible to possess without him. You can't find it without him. And so what is the biblical definition of hope? Thank you for asking. This is it. Is that hope is an assured expectation. Or a, another way to say this is that it's a confident anticipation. See, what this means is that for us as Christians, we have a certainty and a confidence that's found in God and that he's going to make good on his promises. If you were to go through this book, you'll find testimony after testimony after testimony of God saying, this is what I'm going to do. And then he does it. This is what I'm going to do. And then he does it. His faithfulness over and over and over again. Many of us in our own personal lives could testify to the goodness of God and how over and over and over again, he has been faithful to the promises that he has made. And so if that is true, if that's the testimony of this word and of our lives together, why do we look for other places to place our hope in? Why do we allow those things to speak up in our lives instead of our heavenly father? Because here's the thing is that hope that's attached to anything other than God will always disappoint every single time. No matter how well-meaning we think placing our hope in this thing might be, no, no matter how powerful it might be or how strong it is, it, it doesn't matter. Because it's only in God that our hope is assured. So he's been faithful in the past and he's going to prove himself to be faithful in the future in his fulfilling his promises. And I mean, you look around, uh, you, you see all the broken plans, the broken promises, the broken relationships, the broken whatever it is in this world, and you see that this is not how it's supposed to be, and yet too many times we turn to those things. We place our faith there. And that's why so many of our brothers and sisters in this world are stricken with hopelessness, because they've placed their hope in the wrong place. And so the, the pastor in Hebrews, who wrote Hebrews, he writes this in chapter 10, verse 23. Uh, this is a great verse. If you're going to memorize one this week, I would do this one. It's this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. What I love is, is this word right here, unswervingly. Now, you're probably going to get out and try to drive tomorrow. You don't want to swerve, I promise. <laughs> Same is true of our hope. Hang on. Don't turn from side to side. Hang on. Have a tight 
grip on this hope that we have in Christ because he is faithful. We can have assured expectation that God is going to do what God has said he will do. But sometimes we've allowed life to happen to us and around us, and our enemy would love for us to give up our hope that we have in Jesus for something that, that over-promises and under-delivers every single time. And his goal is that, that not that we would uh, find ourselves necessarily far off somewhere totally different, but even just a little bit off. That we would begin to gradually drift away from what God wants for us, that we would lose our focus and that we would lose our way. And when that happens, uh, when you've lost sight of, of where you're headed, and when hope seems absent, the best thing you can do is stop and refocus. Just stop and refocus. In the midst of the snowstorms of life, stop and refocus and find the assurance that you need for today and for tomorrow in the hope of God. And when we do this, when we stop and we refocus, it allows us to regain our bearings, to come back to what is the true north in our lives. See, so you might have started out strong, but it's pretty easy and it doesn't take all that long to lose your way. And I would love to tell you that I'm really good at navigating. My wife has a whole different opinion on that, and I'm about to give you the same opinion as her. Uh, but we were able to spend a couple of days in New York City back uh, several years ago, and it was right after Christmas. The city was still beautifully decorated for the holiday season, loved it. Um, this southern boy got to see a few flakes fall from the sky. I mean, I was in heaven. Like, it was great. Uh, fantastic. Uh, but here's the thing. is like, it was brutally cold. And when it's so cold in the city like that, like you want to make sure that when you step out onto the sidewalk, you know where you're headed, uh, right? So yours truly, I always start out very confidently. I've got it pulled up on my phone. This is which direction we're headed. And we step out and we go. Uh, and I'm admiring the architecture. It's wonderful. Uh, you know, making cultural observations of the people and their uh, coats and things like that. I'll find that maybe about two or three blocks we've walked and we've walked in the wrong direction. So... Uh, somebody earlier was trying to tell me, you know, this is the way the city works. One day we'll get there, but it's fine. Uh, but, you know, had I paid attention to signs around me, or better yet, maybe just ask the hotel concierge, which way whenever I walked out of these doors should I turn, probably would have made life a lot easier. Would have, would have had less frostbite and probably a little less steps than what you have normally in that city anyway. But the question that I have for us is where is our gaze? When we know which way we're supposed to go, but where, where is our gaze fixed? Uh, I think about how uh, for us to have a confident hope, we've got to make sure that we're focused on the right thing. Specifically, as we begin this new year, I want to urge us to make sure that we refocus, that we refocus. So a definition of refocus is this, is to focus something again, again, to change emphasis or direction See, maybe your gaze was on Jesus at one time. Maybe you started out strong, but yet, you know, you've picked up your head and you've realized, hang on, uh, something seems a, a little odd. This doesn't seem like where I thought this was headed. Maybe you've never had your gaze on Jesus before. But either way, the thing is, is that we've got to shift our gaze. We've got to change the direction of our hope from the things uh, around us onto the one who embodies our hope, and that is Jesus. So how do we refocus our hope? Let me give you four uh, things. The first is this, is that refocusing requires reflection. Now, 
Assuming you realize that you are lost, you realize that you need to stop and figure out where am I and where am I headed, right? And the same is true of our hope. Where does it lie? Pastor Jonathan talked about last week, and I encourage you, if you haven't done this practice yet, it is huge. But it's this practice of going, what are the longings of my heart and what are the pursuits that I have that are trying to feed that longing? Because more times than not, what we find is that these pursuits that, that aren't bad in themselves, and these longings aren't bad in themselves, but that paired up together, they're, they're not the right path. It's not a, that pursuit is not actually filling the need that I have in my heart. And so we've got to find out, like, what direction am I heading in? What are these plans that I'm making? What are these, uh, these activities that I'm involved in? What are these thoughts that I'm having? Do they line up with what God desires for my life? Are they actually getting me closer to or am I moving for, farther away from the destination that my heart is ultimately longing for in Christ? So you got to take a moment to, to reflect, to look around, to take an inventory and to see if it lines up with what God wants for you because that is the first step in having a refocus of your hope. So once you reflect it, uh, refocusing then requires decision. Decision. It's not enough to just put in that hard work and enough work that you did and reflect and you got to do something with it. And so as the Holy Spirit brings to mind those places that your hope's been skimping on or been placed in different uh, places than Jesus, you got a decision to make. Uh, do, do you want to continue uh, to place your hope in the things that aren't guaranteed? Or are you going to choose to refocus your attention upon the hope that is found in heaven? Sometimes this means that you have to make a decision to add something to your life. Uh, I'm a preacher, so this is going to be a pretty typical one, but it is life-changing, is by adding more of God's truth in your life every single day. And the way we do that is through prayer or through reading and meditating on God's word or, or keeping Christian community. If you want to learn more about those, I'm teaching an equipped class on Wednesday nights on spiritual disciplines. would love for you to join me uh, for that, but we will talk about those things. But find ways to incorporate more of God's truth into your life. You make a decision, conscious decision about that. Sometimes, though, it's not about adding something as much as it is about removing something. Uh, because sometimes the decision we need to make is, is we need to draw a line in the sand. Uh, we need to get rid of that thing. We need to remove that thing that never should have been in our life to begin with. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's what you spend your money on. Maybe it's the way that you consume news or social media. I mean, there's so many other ways. And, and friends, what, what's funny is we all know those things. But yet we haven't made the decision. If you're going to refocus, you got to make the decision to do so. So after reflection, after decision, refocusing requires repentance. Now, hope is not just a mental state. It's also a heart condition. Uh, if we can change all we want, our outward appearance to, to, to be uh, one who is hopeful, but if our hearts aren't changed, then we really haven't made this shift uh, toward true and lasting hope. Now, repentance isn't a word that's heard very often in the Western church, but it's something we believe in here at Get Well, and it's something that we're not going to shy away from because here's the thing. Repentance isn't just for whenever you first come to know Jesus. Like, yes, we, we talk about praying, you know, the prayer, and you repent, and, and you're asking for forgiveness and confession and all that stuff. But, friends, 
Repentance is as often as we need it to be as we come back to God. All it means is for us to change direction back to God. Now, oftentimes, and I've heard it so many times, this is that we make a 180. I'm going to let you know that that 180 absolutely is a a complete about face turned back towards God. But for many of us, it's not a 180. It's maybe a one degree that we need to make. Because even the one degree is still outside of what God has desired for us. We need to say, Father, forgive me. I want to return back to you. I repent. Bring me back into your way. Your way. Because, friends, that's what we need. We want to be in his way of life for us. It's making the shift in our heart to allow us to submit to God in his way, not our own. And so, like I said, this practice is something that we should do as often as necessary, as often as it comes to mind, as often as we realize, so that our hope doesn't get attached to something or someone other than the only one that will ever fulfill us, and that is Jesus Christ alone. So, reflection, decision, repentance, and finally, refocusing requires resolution. And it requires resolution because here's the thing is that life happens. Life happens happens. It's not going to stop this side of us meeting Jesus face to face. And we have to resolve to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, no matter what's swirling around us. Uh, Several of us on staff have committed to this 90 day Bible reading challenge. Um, We are crazy people. Okay. Like this is intense. And there's some laughter up here because we're walking through it together. I highly encourage you though. It's great. Because here's the, here's one thing that I've caught so far in this is one of the things that God says over and over and over again to his people in the Old Testament is this one word, remember. Remember. If you want resolution, remember. Because God has been faithful. And because he has been faithful, we have assurance that he will do what he has promised in the future, that it will come to pass, that it will be fulfilled. And because of that, we can be faithful. We can resolve and say, Father, I am with you because you are faithful. And we can have that kind of hopeful resolve even in the mess and brokenness of life. Now, here's the thing. We're not going to get all those things perfectly every time. I understand that. But as we set our heart and our mind's course on that, through that reflection and that decision, that uh, repentance and resolution, then hope begins to abound in our lives like it never has before. It begins to stick around uh, more than it ever has before, and it begins to push us forward in life. So back to the author of Hebrews, he says this uh, a few few chapters later in chapter 12, uh, as he speaks about this path of refocusing and staying in focus, and he says this in chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, by throwing off everything that hinders us, this sin that hinders us, we can run the race with endurance. 
When we focus our gaze on Jesus, and I love this, fix your eyes, fix your eyes, steadfast in Jesus. When we do this, we will not grow weary and we don't lose heart. We can have this relentless grip on hope no matter what life throws at us. Because focusing on Jesus, it changes your life. It changes your life. Gives you strength to face today, and it gives you a destination to look forward to at the end of your race. See, focusing on Jesus, it gives you hope that can be assured because here's the thing is that Jesus has gone before you. Jesus has gone before you, and, and he has taken hold of the promises of God. And that kind of hope that we place in Jesus, it will weather any storm that may blow in our lives. We're not going to be tossed to and fro like a small ship on on tumultuous sea uh, with life situations and circumstances. And here's the thing. It's not always going to be easy. Jesus never promised it would. But he said he'll be with us. And he wants to give us hope. We need something stronger than just momentary fleeting kind of prone to brokenness kind of hope. We need a resilient hope. And so are you longing for resilient hope? Where do we find resilient hope? Well, the first is this, is that Jesus is the source of hope. We've talked about how uh, this hope isn't found in ourselves or in anyone or anything else, uh, how that kind of hope is short-lived and and inadequate to meet the demands of life. But here's things that we have a different kind of hope. And one of the great things about Christianity, and it's funny because it matches up in so many ways, is that the things that we need don't come from ourselves. There's so many things about Christianity that this is true of. One is salvation, right? Righteousness doesn't come from ourselves. It's given to us by Christ. The same is true of this hope that we have that's going to be resilient and carry us on forward. It doesn't come from ourselves, but is given to us from the source of hope, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the source of hope. We need him to give us. And so when you're looking for hope, get it directly from the source. Don't try to find it by some other means. And then this, if you're looking for, longing for a, a resilient hope, realize that Jesus is the anchor of hope. By God's grace, we can look to Jesus and we can see all that he has accomplished to redeem us and to, to inaugurate the kingdom of God. And friends, he's been faithful in the past. He hasn't stopped being faithful and he's going to continue to be faithful even now. And you think back to the ship analogy, a ship has an anchor. So that when the seas get rough, they let down the anchor and it keeps them in that spot. They don't move. It's unshaken because of that anchor. And when we're met with the storms of life, let the faithfulness of Jesus, his faithfulness, be the anchor for your hope. And by doing so, what we find is that our hope becomes resilient and confident in Christ. So I want you to hear the invitation this morning that true, life-giving, enduring, assured hope is available to you in Jesus Christ. And the invitation is this, is to refocus your gaze, to focus on something again, Jesus, to change the emphasis or direction to Jesus so that we can find that hope for this new year. Peter, he knew the, the invitation, and he wrote this in 1 Peter uh, chapter 13. He said, therefore, preparing your minds for action 
And being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, we're called to be prepared. Prepared for action. We're called to be sober-minded and to set the course of our lives fully on that grace that we're going to experience one day. It's going to be a beautiful day when that hope is realized in all of its fullness in God's glory. And here's the thing is that whenever our, our shift, our gaze sh- makes that shift and comes into focus again on Christ and we find our hope there, it changes the way that we live today. It brings meaning to life and hope that is lasting and enduring for something that we look forward to when we find Jesus face to face. So I want to encourage you, refocus your gaze toward the source of our hope today and the destination where it securely resides forever and ever. And by doing so, whatever this year holds, whatever it might be, that we may confidently go forward to carry on this relentless grip of hope that we have in Jesus. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song of response. And it's one of my most favorite hymns in Christ alone. There's so much richness and so much beauty in these words that speak to this very thing for us today. So I pray that it becomes an anthem for us as we go throughout the rest of this week and as we face this year. But I want to let you know that these prayer rails are open. You're welcome to come down and pray, or you can pray in your seat and call one of us over. It doesn't have to be about hope. It can be about whatever's going on in your life. But however the Lord wants you to respond this morning, we pray that you will respond. So if you'll stand, I'm going to pray for us, then we're going to sing together this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Father, you are so much better to us than we even deserve. But Lord, we are so grateful. I pray that we would be a grateful people. And Lord, that we would recognize the hope that we possess isn't found in ourselves or in the things of this world, but comes directly from you, Lord. God, help us to be known as a people have a relentless grip on hope. That whatever storms may brew in our lives or in the lives around us, Lord, that we would be a beacon of your goodness and your light to those and to ourselves, Lord, because of the hope that you give us. Lord, whatever anxieties we have, whatever fears we may be hanging on to, whatever burdens we may be carrying, Lord, help us to give them over to you and to pick up this assured expectation of what you're going to do, Lord, because you are faithful. You are faithful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.